0: Okay, so last week we read Hebrews 1 uh, through, uh, I think it was 3 or 4. And really the synopsis, if you weren't here with us, was that uh, it says long ago in many times, in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets, but these last days he's spoken to us by his son. So we see the writer, we found out that Hebrews is not a normal letter. Like every other Bible letter says to so-and-so, from so-and-so, right? And so this one just... Out of the gate, here it is. So most scholars now think that this actually was an uh, an early sermon. So this was a sermon prepared, and people read this. They would go to the different house churches, and they would read these sermons, right? Because you imagine, like, new believers. like You don't have theologians. Like, these are fishermen. These are tax collectors. These are all manner of of trades, right? So these people that are being brought in, it's not like they went to the seminaries of their day, right? So uh, men and women of God would prepare these works, and they'd be read in all the churches. So I think that's what we are reading here. So he starts by saying the whole point of this is is, is we're calling this series um, Exalting Jesus, Elevating Jesus. The idea that there are things that speak into our life and that we ask is like, well, where does Jesus fit in this hierarchy? And and the first part of Hebrews is really going to dive into uh, the Jewish culture saying, hey, this is what you know and here's how Jesus is better, why he should be elevated. And I really kind of hung the, uh, can you turn me down just a hair, Brian? I'd appreciate it. Or, thank you, sir. I'm just starting to get a little ring back. Uh, the impetus of this is, are you listening, right? Because the author is going to set up this idea that there's somebody speaking, right? That was all of last week. And the one who's speaking, it says he's the maker, the sustainer, and the heir of all things. That was our our, our big points last week. So the first part of Hebrews identifies this, that Jesus he made us. He sustains us. And then at the end of days, he inherits all these things. Because we saw that we live in a broken world, right? So there's just a normal question. Why, why is there suffering? Why is there, why is there murder? Why is there death? Why do, you know, uh, you know this week, this school, we're going to pray about it then, but the school uh, lost a student that died in a car crash, and the mother, and another student's in, in a coma. And that happened right here in this school. And sometimes you wonder, if, if there is a God, and this God is good, then why did these things happen? Right? What, is, what does it have to do uh, with God? And once you start digging into the Bible, you find out that for this brief moment in time, the Bible actually says there's a different God in this world. And the Bible actually clearly states that it's Satan is the God of this world. And people have given their allegiance to him. And so we wonder why these things happen. It's because there's evil and there's sin in this world. right? And it's just part of living in a, in a broken society. But at the end of all things, the Bible says that Jesus inherits all of these things back to him. It's a hard thing to grasp, the idea that we have a creator God who knows all things, sees all things, and yet let these things happen. I get it. These are tough things. Uh, but that's why we get this idea that Jesus re-inherits all these things. Because right now, the nations and the world has been turned over to this entity. We know this to be true because when Jesus was tested in the desert, you know, he was tested with bread. But the final temptation was Satan said, he goes, if you would fall down and worship me, he showed him all the nations. He said, I'll give these all to you. That wouldn't be a test if Jesus already had the nations. you see that? The test is because the tempter, the one in the wilderness, actually had the nations. right? But Jesus will inherit them back. So that's what we saw last week. That's the one who's speaking. So what we want to do, we're going to finish chapter one today. I'm going to invite my wife up here. Audrey, would you come up here? Uh, She has so much nicer voice than me. I could read you 14 verses, but you're already going to want to hang, you know push me out the back door before the sermon's over. So let's hear her beautiful voice. Uh, We're going to read Hebrews chapter one together.
1: Hebrews one. Long ago at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God And again, when he brings the firstborn into the world, he says, let all God's angels worship him. Of the angels, he says, he makes his angels winds and his ministers a flame of fire. But O the Son, he says, your throne, O God, is forever and ever. The scepter of a brightness is the scepter of your kingdom. You have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore, God, your God has anointed you, Are they not all ministering spirits sent out to serve for the sake of those who are to inherit salvation? Thank you. Give her a hand, come on. A... No. 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 Okay. <laughs> give him a hand. Yeah. <laughs> well, he
0: made you, so therefore okay. we clap. for Okay. Nobody clapped. I saw Miss Julie give a little clap, so thank you for... Me as the elder I said clap and my wife said no and everybody listened to my wife. So <laughs> that tells you how well this is going to go this morning. Um, Alright, so... That's a lot, right? So there's a lot of things happening in this. So really, he's talking about that Jesus is greater than the angels, right? So if we just had to put this in a word. So we're going to talk about this. We're going to talk about Jesus and the angels. Uh, I like these. This may not be your cup of tea, but this is my, very much my cup of tea because there is some weirdness going on that we're going to discover. Right? So... Hopefully we'll come across some things that you haven't seen in the Bible will we'll pique your interest. Uh, we do have a number to text. If you text uh, the number, that's actually my cell phone. At the end, uh, we'll come up and try to answer your question. So if something's unclear or we need to clarify it, uh, by all means, please text. And if, if you think something differently, um, yeah, let us know. to we'll really talk about it. So the first thing I want to talk about shows up in verse four. It says, having become as much superior to angels as the name he inherited is more excellent than theirs. So the author here says Jesus is better than the angels because he inherits a better name. That's weird, right? Like you inherit a name? Like what does this look like? Ephesians 121 says this, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also the age to come, speaking of Jesus. So his name is above every name against every power. So there's something authoritative about this name. Philippians 2, nine says, therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name. So we see this name being given. It's it weirder, right? You're like, okay, yeah, this is standard Bible stuff. Now check this out, Revelation 19.12, uh, describing Jesus. It says, his eyes are like a flame of fire and on his head are many diadems and he has a name written that no one knows but himself. Did you know that Jesus has a secret name? I mean, I'm not boring on heresy here, right? Like, I'm not trying to, like, start a cult where we worship a different God. Like, I'm not telling you that. But something happens at the end of days where he gets a name, the Father gives him a new name, and nobody knows it except for him. If you start reading about the different names of Jesus, like how he describes himself, but also, like, in Revelation, you see that his name is written on his thigh, and it's, it's written on his sword. And, like, there's something about this name Revelation 3.12 says, The one who conquers, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God. This is Jesus speaking. We know this because in your Bible it's read. It says, Never shall he go out of it. That was a joke. You should have laughed there. Never shall he go out of it, and I will write on him the name of my God, and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes down from my God out of heaven. Listen to this. And my own new name. Jesus gets a new name here. So the writers... Hebrews says that Jesus is better than the angels because he inherits a name. It's weird, right? But then you start digging into your Bible and you find, okay, the name at the name. Wait a minute, he gets a new name. And then Jesus starts making promises. I'm going to give out my new name. It's wild, right? Have you ever heard this? Has anyone heard about Jesus' new name? I don't know. Hopefully it's not, you know, Tim or Michael or, you know. No offense, tim and Michael's, but... Yeah, I'm sure it's going to be something awesome. Philippians 2.10, get a look of this. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of the things in heaven and the things, that are, and, uh, things on earth and things under the earth. Now, you could be asking yourself, it's like right now, when people hear the name Jesus, do people bow? No. So there's coming a time when Jesus, at his name, it says, every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess on earth, in heaven, and below the earth, which means the nether regions, like hell. There's coming a time when this name, and I, I really do think it's the new name, but right? he <coughs> inherits this name, that when this name is proclaimed, everything stops, right? Like, it's going to be that, it's going to be awesome. You don't seem nearly as excited as I am. Come on, this is, <laughs> this is grade A Bible geek stuff here, right? So, I don't know how to make it any better this is the name he inherits. So when the, the writers, like the writer in Hebrews assumes we know all these things, believe it or not, this comes as a prophecy out of Isaiah. And to make this not like a three hour sermon, I'm not going to bore you with the whole thing, but they knew this because of prophecies in Isaiah, that all these new names are going to be giving out, and one is going to be to God's son. Now, as a bit of just a bonus for you, did you know that I think some of us get new names? I don't want to say all of us. Revelation 2.17 says this, he who has near, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To the one who conquers, I will give some of the hidden manna, and I will give him a white stone with a new name written on that stone that no one knows except for the one who receives it. Wow, come on. Like Jesus gets a new name that only he himself knows. And to this promise to this church, he's like, I'm going to write a new name on a white stone and give it to you in that name. that you will know, Right? So maybe there's hope, you know, if you don't like your name, maybe you'll get a sweet one written on a white stone. And I'll say like, you yeah. know, you can never say a name because I'm going to say someone's name and I'm going to deeply offend somebody. So I, my wife's like, just don't. Okay, we'll just go from there. So this is the name that our Lord inherits. So he's better than the angels because these promises aren't going out to the angels. It's going out to his son. So in the writer's mind, he's really pointing to this idea that, hey, the maker, the creator, the sustainer of this world is going to inherit a better name. Then he goes on to say, it's like, to which of the angels did he say, right? So he starts stating the promises of the angel. It's like, no, to the son he says this, and to the angels he says this. Now the next idea we wanna look at, how is he better than the angels? In verse six, it says again, when he brings the firstborn into the world, he says, let all of God's angels worship him. Angels are not to be worshiped. We're gonna, we're gonna spend some time talking about angels, which is always kind of fun to find out about these heavenly creatures in the Bible. But a big difference is, is angels are not to be worshipped. Angels worship Jesus. Amen? They, they are created beings. Angels haven't, they're not self-sustaining. They did not make themselves. They're not the Alpha and the Omega. They're, they're created, these heavenly beings. But, how do I want to set this up? Yeah, I'll, you know, this is what I'll say. So angels, the Bible Uh, indicates that angels were around before this world was created, right? So if we try to get a hierarchy of when things happen, we know this from the book of Job because it says when God created the world that the angels, the sons of God, so before creation, angels were actually called, and even in Genesis, they're called the sons of God, the uh, B'nai Elohim, and eventually Israel becomes the son of God. Now the church is the son of God, right? So God has lots of kids and, and different people get this title. And Paul even makes a big deal about. It. He's like, how blessed it is that we should be called sons of the Most High, the children of God, right? Because that was Israel. But before that, God had other sons, and this was His uh, heavenly host, is what we'd call it, the angels. It says that the sons of God sang for joy as God created and laid the foundations of the earth. So we don't know when angels were created. We just know that they were created before us, right? And that, this is neither here nor there, this is just Michael Young thinking out loud. It's like, you remember the serpent in the garden? So we know it's not an act, like I don't think it's an actual serpent. That word is uh, nakash, means shining one, right? It could be serpent, like you still get the derivative, and I think you get the image there. Uh, but I think Eve, like this guy's in the garden, remember Adam's job was to protect and, and, and spread out and subdue the world in the garden. So I think they're very familiar with whatever this creature was, right? I don't think it was a shock to see him in the garden and then he just starts talking. I think it's because these guys have always kind of been around back in the day. That's, don't send me questions about that. That's not the sermon. The, I'm talking about the Bible, so I'm telling you what I think. is, is This is an angelic, angelic uh, being there. Um, anyways, so this is we know where they're at. But we start to have issues. So this is where people start to get a really weird understanding about angels, God, gods, all these things actually comes from our English translation and then not fully understanding what these Hebrew words mean. So I want to show you something. Uh, so here in uh, Hebrews 1.6 says, let all of God's angels worship him. So we have to find out where this is in the Old Testament because he's quoting, he says, and again, he says, so he's quoting the Bible. So Psalm, it comes from Psalm 97.7. It says, all worshipers of images are put to shame who make their boasts in worthless idols. Listen to this. Worship him, all ye Gods. Lowercase G. Wait a minute. I thought angels were to worship him. Why are gods worshiping him? The plot thickens. Deuteronomy 32, 43. Rejoice in him, O heavens, and bow down to him. Bow down to him all gods. For he avenges the blood of his children and takes vengeance on his adversaries. He repays those who hate him and cleanses his people's land. So the problem here is a translation issue. We have gods, we have angels, we have God, we have God with a big case G. And this is really uh, illuminated. I, I put a slide up here. Let's go to, it says Psalm 8.5. I'm going to give you three different English translations. Look at this. So the NIV translates this. You have made him, this is talking about us, man, says you've made him a little lower than the angels and crowned him with glory and honor. NLT says you have made him a little lower than God, capital case G. That's weird. And crowned him with glory and honor. The ESV says you have made him a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned him honor it's a good side note if you're looking at multiple translations and you see a word being translated so many different ways that should you should start getting excited it's like okay i'm on the trail of something here because that means people are disagreeing with how something should be translated so that word there angels and you can keep that slide up angels god and heavenly beings is all the same word it's the word elohim which traditionally when you're a new christian you learn like oh that's god like elohim is god we get this right out of Genesis. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That says in the beginning, Elohim created the heavens and the earth. So what an Elohim is, is a spiritual being. you are going to trust I'm going to walk you through this because you're going to be like, this is not blasphemy. An Elohim is a spiritual being. So God is an Elohim because he's a spiritual being. Angels are Elohim because they're a spiritual being. Now, that's why you get the word God's, a little lower than God's. When we die, we get referred to in the Bible as sometimes as Elohim, and this happened to Samuel after he died. Uh, they, you know, back then, somebody foolishly consulted a medium, and Samuel shows up, and he's referred to as Elohim because he's on the spiritual plane now. now. This is where you get all this weird false doctrine that we become gods. Have you heard that before, that we are God and all these little things? It's because people don't understand what this word Elohim means, because... In the Bible referring to men as an Elohim, or referring to an angel as an Elohim, and also referring to Yahweh as an Elohim. Right? Well, then the reason stands that we're gods. So, like, that's not what it means. It's like saying mankind. Can a woman belong to mankind? Yes. It, right. It describes us. So that's what Elohim means in its broadest sense. Now God is greater than all the other Elohim is because He created all the other gods. So when the psalmist says, "Worship Him, all ye gods," he's really talking about worship Him, all you heavenly hosts. That's all that means. In Psalm eight, when he says He's made us a little lower than the angels, that's actually probably the easiest. I like the ESV heavenly beings because there's a lot of different beings. Some beings with lots of eyes, some with wings, some without wings. Right? Like there's all these. His host is as diverse as we are in humanity. And so it says he's made us a little bit lower than them, right? And then people read that, oh, God has made us a little lower than himself. And you see, that's what the NLT kind of, I think, foolishly does. It says he's made us a little lower, and they put a capital G on that. Because that translation decided that all Elohim would refer to Yahweh. This is not true across the Bible. Yahweh alone is unique amongst the Elohim to be worshiped by all the other gods, right? And that's where you get these ideas from when you see different gods, uh, I like the idea that ESV does it as lowercase g when you see a capital G and a lowercase g. It's just a different word behind it. There's, there's free resources to look at. Blue Letter Bible is probably the easiest one. BlueLetterBible.com. Like if you want to click on the word, you can pull up the verse and it tells you. That's why when you see Lord in all capitals, that's, most of the time that's Adonai. There's like these little translation thing where it tells you what word it is. But when you see gods, like let all the other gods worship him. Or you run across people that just say, hey, you know, we're gods or we become gods. It's like, this is where this comes from. It's like this not really understanding the Bible and understanding how these words are used. And this Elohim issue is actually very pervasive in the church. Like they assume that is actually a name of God. And it's not. So at the beginning, God created the heavens. It can refer to him, God. And he said, let us. Elohim is plural. This is, there's a reason why they use these words. And also at the point of Genesis, we haven't been introduced to Yahweh yet. We don't know his name, right? We didn't jump that far ahead into the story. Um, so it says why Jesus should be worshipped. If we just get back on track, it says, let all the angels worship him. Like Jesus does not worship these other gods. These other gods worship him. Amen? All right. Now, if we talk about the big picture of what's happening and this is going to set up next week. Pastor Trace will be back. He, they, uh, him and his wife, Chris, fly back um, uh, today. Uh, but this is setting up something much, much greater. Now, this, this isn't on your screen, but when Moses got the law, the Torah, right? So you remember the whole Mount Sinai incident? incident, like it was like some accident that happened. Now. So Moses, if you don't know if you're, if you're a new Christian, um, one of the big characters in the Bible, his name is Moses. And he's the guy that receives the Ten Commandments, right? He's the guy that uh, delivers Israel, his people, from slavery, uh, brings, them, brings them up right up to the edge of the Promised Land. But most famous, he gets this item we, we call the Torah, uh, the Ten Commandments, right? God's written law for humanity. So before this, there wasn't a law, right? Like the people lived and God said, hey, you've been living amongst Egypt. I'm going to tell you how to live. And that's how we think of the big story. I think this. most of us, we get that. But the Bible actually is very, very clear that the angels were actively involved in this communication. In Deuteronomy uh, 33 uh, verses uh, 1 and 2, it says this. This is the blessing was Moses, the man of God, blessed the people of Israel before his death. He said, the Lord came from Sinai and and dawned from Zerah upon us. And he shone forth from Mount Paran. He came, listen to this, he came from the ten thousands of holy ones with a flaming fire at his right hand. So whenever you hear the word thousands upon thousands of holy ones, and you hear holy ones, like you get this idea, uh, again, the Bible calls it his heavenly host. God has an army. Maybe we should say Marine Corps in this church just depending of the crowd. But he's got an armed fighting force and he calls it his thousands of holy ones. Like Jesus is coming on the cloud, thousands with his thousands of holy ones. You'll see this mentioned, and it starts in Deuteronomy of these thousands. So how do we know it's angels? In Acts 7.53, again, this is on your screen. It says this, you can pull it up, and your Bible says, you who received the law as delivered by angels and did not keep it. That's Acts 7.53. So we see here that even the writers of the New Testament assumed that the law was delivered by angels. Galatians 3.19, why then the law? It was added because of transgressions until the offspring should come down to whom the promises had been made And it was put in place through angels by an intermediary. So we see here the Torah in the Jewish mind is something mediated, given by angels. So when it says that Jesus is greater than the angels, what can we infer? Jesus is greater than the Torah. Again, we're gonna dive into this next week. That's the big picture what's happening. Jesus is greater than the angels. His name is better. He's to be worshiped. And if you're, a, if you're a Jew living at this time, what do I think about angels? What do I know about their role? The biggest thing in their mind is they mediated the law. Right? So we have all these scriptures. Now, listen, this also, this is a bonus night for you. I, I do have this on the screen, Galatians 1.8. It says, but even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preached to you, let him be accursed. Have you ever read this and wondered, like, who, what angel is preaching the gospel? Has anyone ever read this and wondered like, why he would include the angels in this? Nobody. Um, it's because, again, if you're Jewish, the word of God mediated through angels. Right? So the idea that the gospel of Jesus Christ, like he's like, look, even if an angel shows up and preaches a different gospel, like don't listen to him. That, that's not God's angel. Now, if we fast forward, did God change his playbook? So think about the announcement of the Messiah. Who made the announcement to men? Not a trick question. Come again, say that to my face angels thank you angels right who talked to john the baptist john the Baptist's parents elizabeth it was an angel you see this they have these roles they're messengers they they have these great responsibilities in revelation when all the judgments are coming who makes all the announcements angels right so we see this rule here so they mediate the things from god from his throne room Two people. So that's the big picture. Tracy's gonna, we're gonna dive into this deeper next week about the written word. But this, I, you know, it's just not fair just to make this about the weird things that Michael Young sees in the Bible. You know, this is really what's happening in Hebrews. Like it describes who Jesus is and he's just, man, this is so deep. He starts jumping into, he's better than the angels. His name He's to be worshiped, his throne, the scepter of his kingdom is his righteousness. You know, I have my wife read all those. I, I just don't have time to go through each and every one of those. So, I'm kind of hitting these big wave tops here, and I hope you see the supremacy of the one we call Jesus. And if you were a Jew, and by inference, and chapter two is just going to call it out, you realize that this writer is telling a group of Jewish people, the Hebrews, that Jesus is better than the Torah. Them's fighting words, right? If we're in Texas, like this is. It's like me saying, I don't know if you know this, but I was in the Air Force. It's like me saying the Air Force is better than the Marine Corps. See? I mean, there's gonna be a fight in the parking lot, right? This is just, this is going to happen. I guess Jack apparently wants to throw the first punch, so this is wonderful. Luckily, I think you're the oldest uh, active duty Marine in here, so I, I don't know if, you might be my best bet. <laughs> Which I still gonna lose, I think I might, I don't know if I can outrun you, I, I've always, that's why I run, is to outrun Marines that are chasing me. <laughs> Um, but then I find out most of you are runners, too, and so that's a, it's a bad plan. Okay, but you get the idea. Like, this this sermon out of the gate is, like, is delivering some really strong things. So now, the end of this chapter tells us, like, what is the angel's role? So we've heard all these reasons why Jesus is better than the angels. So we want to explore,
1: well,
0: what are the angels' job like? How do we think about angels? Of course, most of us know that they're messengers. I think that's the most common thing we think about is angels as their messengers. But they have a really big role in Hebrews 1.14. It says, Are they not all ministering spirits sent out to serve for the sake of those who are to inherit salvation? Again, a little clearer English would be is angels are ministering spirits sent to minister to those who are to inherit salvation. So if you're playing along with the Bible word game is Jesus inherits the nations. He inherits a better name. And now we're introduced as somebody else that inherits something, and that's us. We inherit salvation, the Bible says. And so the angel's job is to help those who are inheriting salvation, in even plainer English. Explain it to me like a fifth grader. They're here to help us. Angels are here to help us. Now, angels pop up. They're all over the Bible. Uh, Genesis 3, uh, 32, one. Genesis 32, one says, Jacob also went on his way, and the angels of God... Met him. We can think of guys like Daniel in the Bible. Remember Gabriel working with Daniel? John the Baptist's parents. Remember Sodom and Gomorrah? Those were destroying angels that came down from God. Uh, Mary had an encounter with an angel. The Bible says Jesus had angels ministering to him after his time in the wilderness. And again, so we don't make this a super long message. We're not going to read all these texts, but angels are always in critical junctures in these stories of the Bible. These God servants helping people right they always do these things now what does that mean for us today now this is where i don't know what your theology is and i don't know what you think about spiritual things i don't know if you believe that satan is real i don't know if you believe that there are actually demons still on this earth i do i think all these spiritual things are real and they live in an existence we can't see and that's hard for a lot of people to understand, like to believe in something that you can't see, that there might be agents of good and evil at work amongst us, hidden from us in plain sight. One of the things you'll notice in the Bible as you read about angels is, what do angels look like? Us, right? Sometimes they are allowed to see them as shining, but you can be hard pressed in the Bible to find an angel that has wings, like dead silent. It's like, yeah, they do. Are you sure? In Revelation, you see some winged creatures that are not angels. Seraphim, and we have all these other weird names for them. But as far as angels that are doing the work of God, none of these guys have angels, the wings. Right? Jacob's ladder, see, we're conditioned by the pictures we see in the movies and the media we watch. Like you see Jacob's ladder and you see these winged angels going up and down. But there's no description of these guys having wings. And I'm pretty sure there's no female angels. There's a female spiritual being mentioned at the end. But I should have looked this up before I got up here, but I remember studying this years ago. I don't think there's any reference to female angels. Take that with a small grain of salt. Double check that. But I'm pretty sure that's right. So what does that mean for us? Hebrews 13.2 gives us a warning. It says, Do not forget to entertain strangers, for by so doing, some have unwittingly entertained angels. So in this guy's theology, is that we might actually be interacting with angels and not even knowing it by strangers. Amen. And that's wild to think about, right? That God having other agents, it's like, what is their job? They're not here to spy on us, right? But they're here to serve those who inherit salvation. There's actually, I should have put it up here. This is coming to my memory now. There's a psalm that says, I behold the face, he uh, says, it basically like, this is where we get the idea of guardian angels from. it says, you know, careful how you treat kids because it says God beholds the face of their angels every single day. Like where these ideas are popular that the child has like a guardian angel. And that's where that comes from is the fact that God says, look, I behold the face of the angels that guard these children every single day. So I do believe in guardian angels. I think there's scriptural support for this idea of angels assigned um, to, to these things. But it says, be careful. It's like, make sure you entertain strangers because you might actually be entertaining angels. Now, this next part, I really wish Pastor Trace was here because uh, I called on the day this happened. I want to tell you a story that happened to me. I don't get paid for the church. I'm not going to take up an offering. I'm not trying to convince you of anything, right? So I'm not trying to bamboozle you. I just want to tell you a story that I had as a Christian. Okay? Sure.
1: Don't take any theology
0: from it. I'm just going to tell you something that happened to me. Um, it was like four, four or five years ago. Uh, I was in Louisiana, Mississippi, one of those states. It's hot, but I and I don't belong. And I was there for work, right? so I uh, my my day job. I travel a lot, and uh, my normal routine. I'll start in the morning and get a cup of coffee in a bottle. So I start my day. Cause in I was pretty deep in the south, and uh, it was hot. Um, there's no Starbucks around. Only Dunkin'. You know, a West Coast guy. So I go to a gas station. So fill up the car, and I go in. You guys should not laughing. At me. I'm dying. <laughs> um, so I go into this gas station. You know it's one of those shell sell coffee and all stuff. So I go in there, and it's a normal morning. I just I try. I can't tell you how just normal everything is for me, right, getting my life. And there's an elderly uh, black man, and it looks like to be his grandson. And the grandson looks to be about eighteen or nineteen, the younger guy. I walk in. And these guys are just looking at me, just beautiful smile. You know, it, it disarms you, right? So this is like 6.30 in the morning, walking. And you have these two guys smile. I mean, and have you ever met somebody and their smile just radiates warmth, right? They smile at you. Guys. This is, I like those guys. Like, what's going on? If they're smiling. It's weird, right? Uh, so I go over and grab my water and fill my coffee. And, uh, and they start making their way to the front. And they're right in front of me. And I was having a great day, and they had a cup of coffee. I said, hey, let me buy th-. I said, guys, let me just pay for your coffee about this. And the guy turns. He goes, I want to do something for you. I am like, I was like, you don't have to. And they're kind of dressed kind of shabbily. Like, this, I'm in a I'm pretty deep south. And the only other vehicle out there is this rusty old truck. He goes, I want to pray for you. Now, the guy behind the counter at the shell station, he's like a, a young uh, white guy, stoner, right? looks like he's been there all night. And I'm just trying to tell you. I'm trying to set the scene. I, you guys, I'm not making this stuff up you know, piercings, uh, you know, just doesn't look like you a normal Christian. And then he turns back, and they're both smiling, really warm, and he look, turns back to the, the guy on the counter, he's like, is that okay with you? And the guy's like, absolutely. And he like spreads his hands like this. The shelves are like, what is that? And I'm like trying to figure out what is happening happened. <laughs> because uh, I still have my rational mind here. Everybody grabs hands without even talking about it. It was the most weird thing, to grab it. And he prayed for my protection and my safety as I was out driving He's like, oh, he's like, it was the most beautiful prayer. It's like, Jesus, would you protect this man as he drives? Would you, would you guide him and just help him out today? Like, I'm getting like you can't see it, but all my hairs are standing up right now. Like, because I was like, what is man? It's a weird feeling I'm getting right now. I haven't really recounted it. Uh, it was just the weirdest thing, just out and blessing to protect me. Like, man, and the guy behind the counter now like has a tear in his eye, and I'm still trying to figure out what is happening? Like, is this really happening? Because in my mind, I'm thinking about Hebrews. I'm like, wait a minute. These dudes roll out. I pay for the guy's coffee. He's like, thank you for the coffee and they walk outside. The guy immediately, on the counter, turns back into a stoner. There's anything else? Anything else like, oh. like, did you not just, were you not just here experiencing this? So I pay for everything I walk outside and they're driving off from the, the uh, their beater. The guy's saying a warm smile. Waves at me like that. Just disappears. So I'm sitting in my car, like, you know, my heart rate's up. I'm like, you know, what I mean, because I had a feeling, like, this is why you just can't—you got Taylor's off because it was me, but I just had this feeling of like warmth, love, right? Like, what just happened? You know, I'm like, sitting in my car. And I called Trace Martinez. Like, Trace,
1: that's why I wish he was here because I wonder if he
0: remembers this. I'm like, dude, did this just happen to me? I'm like, walking through it. So, if you ask me, like, what do I think about it? I, I do think these things happen. And really what I think, and I can't prove it, they could have just been wonderful human beings, right? Because that happens too. I've met really good human beings that just, you know, they're Christian guys and they were early at a gas station and let me just pray for this young man who obviously doesn't belong here, right? Like you can tell by looking at me, I do not belong, you know, in the swamp of Mississippi. where I, don't, I couldn't even tell you where I was at. Yeah, might be, I think it was Louisiana. Um, but it's such a wild story. And I really do, I think, in my, in my heart of hearts, I really think it was, because I, I prayed about that and asked, and I really think I got confirmation. Like, I think I, I encountered that. And then it makes me wonder, it's like, what would have I encountered that day? Right? Like, was I, you know, did the Lord see something where I might be, you know, dead on the side of the road in a crash? Or I don't know. I, like I said, this is all, you can't take this as theology, because it's just, this is a guess. I don't know. I just don't know where this plays out in the big scheme of things. But it makes me wonder. to hear the writer in Hebrew says, you don't realize that you may have unwitted. Like, I may have got to see that. But how many times may have you interacted with an angel and you just didn't realize it? Being kind to of like what appears to be homeless, it doesn't mean they have to have these shining robes. Maybe they look like a homeless person, right? Maybe it is the person you buy a cup of coffee for. I couldn't tell you why I decided to buy that guy coffee that day. Walked in, the guys were smiling at me. I was like, those are some nice looking dudes. <laughs> they're smiling, at me. they're being real nice. Like, hey, man, let me buy your coffee. I normally don't do that. I don't do that every day. I'd run out of money very quickly. <laughs> I right? everybody I see a cup of coffee. Right? I, who knows how these doors open? Why these things happen? It says, but make sure you entertain strangers, for so by so doing, you may unwittingly be enter, uh, entertaining angels. That should really think about your hospitality and how you treat people. All those things, right? Like. Doing it because they're they're made in God's image should be enough, but we know it's not because we don't do it. We're not nice to people. We're not all these things. But imagine how dumb you'd feel when you get up to heaven and it's like, hey, you remember this day? That was an angel. Solid move there, pal, right? And they're here for the sole purpose is is not to enlighten us or give us goosebumps. This is the problem with people, though, is people seek these encounters. That's anti-scriptural, friends. You shouldn't be seeking the angels. You shouldn't be praying to them. You shouldn't be after these great spiritual encounters because that's not why they're there. They're not there for our spiritual entertainment. They're there to minister to those who are in here salvation. They serve God at his behest, at his word and his will. Amen? We serve one, we serve the most high God. We serve Jesus. That's enough. He's greater than the angels. Amen? Amen? They are considered in the Bible fellow workers along with us. They're here to help us as we promote and do the kingdom. There's a hierarchy to it. And the Bible actually says at the end of times, we will judge the angels. I don't know if you knew that. That's not in my notes either. But we actually have a role that at the very end we we'll turn return and we judge the angels when God so exalts us that we have a, a role in this. And it's just so weird it's because the Bible says he's made us a little lower than the angels. What is man that you're mindful of him? We just often meditate on those verses. What is man that you're mindful of him? You've made him a little lower than angels that you've crowned him with love and kindness and tender mercies. And God has done all these things. He's made us the image bearer. Actually, that's the story of the Bible of why, as you read it, you find out like, why is Satan so mad at humanity. It's because he exalted the things that are lower than the angels that he made us in his image and he gave us authority. Right? This is this idea of jealous rebellion on, on part of these angelic beings. What is what is man what is this earth creature that you've made and yet you treat him and love him like this. And then when we fall in sin, that God would then redeem us. And the Bible's very clear that there's no redemption for the angels. So why would God redeem us but not these other heavenly creatures? It's a big bone of contention between our adversary. Right? And these, that's why the psalmist says, like, who, who am I? Like, why would you do this? And this, friends, this is what we call grace. He loves us. Amen? So don't seek out these things. God is greater than the angels. If you, you have a bent towards these kind of spiritual things, it's Jesus. These angels serve at his command. Amen? Amen. Jesus is greater than Amen. the angels. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you uh, for this time together today. We thank you for your word. Uh, we thank you for Hebrews 1, as this, uh, your writer of this just exposes us to these ideas of who you are, Jesus. Like, we know you're the son of God, but sometimes just thinking through the reality of just how exalted you are, the name that you will inherit, the nations you will inherit, your status as creator and sustainer. And we look at these powerful beings, angels that at a moment's notice can strike and open up the earth, that can strike men blind, Lord God, that have this just amazing power that we as humans don't have. And yet you say you've made us a little lower than the angels. And that Jesus, you are greater than these heavenly beings. What a privilege it is to serve you and to know you. Lord, we ask that you would uh, uh, just keep our excitement for your word going as we, we go through Hebrews, that you would enlighten the eyes of We bless and thank you now. And the church said, Amen. Amen.